This is part number five and also the conclusion of the message, the red heifer. The blood of Jesus that was sprinkled was sprinkled for our works. The hands of our works was for our feet, for the walk that we walk, for our thinking, for our imagination, for our conscience, for our will, for all these things. Then in Galatians chapter 5, 16, this I say, then walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5, 25, and if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And then we have the next thing we want to look at on his side, on the side where that lance pierced Jesus. This is point number seven, on his side after his death. According to John chapter 19, verse 34, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out water, blood and water. It was the heart that the spear went through, causing the water and the blood to come out. At the same time, it was a very large wound, big enough for a hand to fit into, as we read in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 27. It had to have been his left side, or we'll assume it was his left side, because the water that came out had to be a mixture of blood and water from the sac that protects the heart from overheating when it beats that's filled with a special clear liquid that looks like water. And the lands had to have pierced deep enough into the heart of Jesus to have pierced it to cause blood from the chambers to come out. Or his heart had already burst from a broken heart and that blood had already mingled and mixed with the liquid that was in that one protective sack. So when it was pierced, that's why both of these things came out. A very special note is made by the Apostle John concerning it because it is a very important thing. So, let's look at some things. The left side is pierced because of that is where the heart is at. At least that's where it's supposed to be at. In Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10, it says, I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. They shall look upon him whom they have pierced, <clears throat> and they shall mourn for him, as one mourneth for his son, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. There will be a day when the Jews will see all the pierced areas of the body of Jesus, and will recognize that it was their Messiah, in Revelation 1.7, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, talking about the Jews, and all the kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen. The blood that issued out of that wound would be the life for the believer. Even though in his death he was dying, life, new life, was pouring out forth. So that out of that blood, a new life would begin 
in every human being that would be willing to believe. So we look at it, and we see the scripture, <clears throat> in that they, the Jews, one day will see him, and one day they will recognize that it is, it is him. But for us, the redeemed of the Lord, those that are believers that have been redeemed from our sins, the flow of that blood is the flow of new life for our heart and our spiritual life. It still flows into the lives of mankind through the Holy Spirit applying it to the hearts of men. Jesus had to die if he was going to purchase our redemption. Because you will have those that will say he really didn't die. They hid his body. They hid all kinds of things. But then the sacrifice wouldn't have been real. He couldn't have bought our redemption. If he had not died, he had to die in order for us to be made free and forgiven. That blood issued out so that new life could be born in us. But it was also proof that he did die. Proof, evidence that he had completely paid the price. Whether he died of a broken heart, when he gave up the ghost way before they pierced him, and he had said it is finished, then it was finished. But there's a, a story behind this, and we'll get to it. The, 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 the double striking of the rock, having died with a broken heart, and then they want to redo it again by piercing him to make sure he is dead. Well, we'll look at that in a little bit. Jesus had to die if he was going to purchase our redemption. Two prophecies were fulfilled. One in that his leg was not broken, which is very important. And another is that Jesus not only not having his leg broken, but having a Roman soldier pierce him without being told to do it. In other words, God had it planned out in such a way that Jesus was going to be pierced on his side, but also he was not going to have his legs broken. To fulfill those prophecies, instead to prove that he was dead, Jesus said, it is finished in verse 30, and he gave up the ghost. So he was dead already, but to make sure that it was not an act of violence. God did not permit them to break his legs because no sacrifice that was ever offered to God would have its legs broken, ever. That was one of the things that he condemned the people of Malachi in Malachi's time for, for bringing him sacrifices that were maimed, halt, diseased, blind, the sacrifice had to be perfect so there could be no breaking of the legs. And that's what the scripture says. If we follow the shadows and the types, and Jesus is a type of the Passover lamb too, then his legs could not be broken. If we were to follow the, the, the scripture writings and meeting the types and the shadows of the Old Testament, look at what it says in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verse 46. In one house shall be eaten, and thou shalt not carry forth any of the flesh outside of the house, neither shall you break a bone thereof. 
In Numbers 9, 12, the scripture said, And they shall leave none of it into the morning, nor break any bone of it, according to an ordinance of the Passover, they shall eat it. According to the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 8, And if you offer the blind sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? He laid down his life willingly for us. According to John 10, 18, No man taketh it from me, so they could not break his legs to force him to die. He had to give up the ghost on his own. No man taketh this from me, but I lay my life down myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it back up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And just as the sight of Jesus was opened up by that spear, that wound, Adam's side was opened up to pull out a wife. God pulled out a rib from him and created a wife. And the Lord God in Genesis 2.21 caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And as he slipped, he took one rib and closed up his flesh thereof. And verse 22, And the rib which the Lord had taken out from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. And in verse 23, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Jesus' side was open to pull out a bride. According to Ephesus, uh, book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and his bone. Ephesians 5, 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak of Christ and the church. Wow. That is absolutely awesome. To fully pour out his love into the world. That wound had to be opened there. So that now the heart of man could be convicted. He could be pierced with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Just like in the book of Acts, that first group of people that heard Peter preach. They were pierced in their heart. Just as Jesus was pierced in his. And we see the Son of God. He comes so that now we can have a new heart. His was pierced so ours could be pierced. He has a new heart. We have a new heart when we come to Him. If we believe on Him as the Son of God and are born again, then the flow of His blood is our life in us. And in 1 Peter 3.18, For as Christ has once suffered for sins of the just and the unjust, that He might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, Who gave himself for a ransom for all, and to testify in due time. There is another thought here that we can uh, see and bear mention to. If Christ is struck twice in his death, is that a fulfilling of what Moses accomplished in striking the rock twice in the wilderness? Is it possible that when he stuck, struck that rock twice, he was typifying the two things that would happen to Jesus? That Moses would strike it in the wilderness and Jesus would also be struck on the side? According to 1 Corinthians 10.4, And all did drink of the same spiritual rock. And they did drink or drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And this rock was Christ. And in Numbers 20 verse 11, And Moses lifted up his hand and his rod, and he smote the rock twice. And the water gushed out abundantly, and the congregation drank. 
<clears throat> and their beast also. It is believed by, and it is written in, this, not in the Holy Scriptures, but in the writings of the Jews, that the first time that Moses hit the rock, blood came out. The second time that the, he hit it, water came out. Of course, this is not in the Bible, but this is according to the Jewish tradition. So in that case, it would still be a fulfilling of Christ being struck twice. Once when he was already dead and then pierced again right through the heart and water and blood coming out. That is a tremendous type and shadow and figure. Uh, let's continue. Let's just read uh, Exodus 17, 6. Behold, I will stand before thee upon thy rock in Arab, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And all that flowed out of Jesus' heart was blessing, gifts, life, sanctification, victory, etc. But this is where we find this is where we find he is a searcher of the very hearts of man. The intentions, the thoughts, and the reasonings of his conscience. This is why the word of God, in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the spirit and the soul, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What hell thought was a triumph for them was a defeat forever and a glorious redemption for the human race. By looking at the red heifer offering, we can see that the blood of Jesus will deal with the guilty conscience, the need for justification through the blood, purification through the water, sanctification to set us apart. According to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 11, And such were some of you, but now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Christ has become for us according to 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who is of God, made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And in Zechariah 13.1, In that day there shall come a fountain that shall be open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And then Isaiah says in chapter 12, verse 3, Therefore with joy shall you draw out of the wells of salvation. Thank you for being with us for this message. Continue to the next one. That next message will be next Sunday when we continue our study on the Red Heifer. And we will bring a little bit more to light concerning the battle for the mind, the battle for the conscience, the battle for the will. <clears throat> the battle for the imagination and the battle for faith. Each one of these things is an area of the Christian's life where resistance is met by the enemy to prevent us from being wholly and completely uh, transformed into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So please stay with us as uh, next week we will continue the message. Hope you have, been, you have enjoyed all five parts this very day. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, the Lord be gracious unto you, the Lord lift up his countenance, and may he give you peace, especially during the times that we live today. May he give you peace in heart, in soul, and in mind, and in body, and in all other areas of your life, till we meet again. Amen.